This week's comment, Friday Night Lights Out, by David Remnick, from The New Yorker magazine, February 1st, 2016. Theodore Roosevelt was a rough rider, a barrel-chested outdoorsman who loved the manly sports that brought out the rude, uncomplaining vigor of American youth. I do not feel any particular sympathy, he said in 1903, for the person who gets battered about a good deal, so long as it is not fatal. When it came to football, Roosevelt's motto was, hit the line hard. Donald J. Trump is more of a soft-palmed endorsement, but he would clearly like to join T.R. on Mount Machismo someday. It was no doubt in that spirit that he reacted so derisively to the umbrage that followed an NFL playoff game this month, in which Vontaze Burfecht, an excitable linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals, exchanged his team's near-sure chance to win for the even more immediate pleasure of trying to decapitate Antonio Brown, a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. At a rally in Reno, Trump defended Burfecht against the moralists who moaned foul. Football has become soft, like our country has become soft, Trump said. He longed for the days of Ray Nitschke, Lawrence Taylor, Dick Butkus, and other warriors of the pigskin past. You used to see these tackles, and it was incredible to watch, right? Two weeks before the game, Brown, for his part, had taken a group of high school players to see Concussion, the anti-NFL film starring Will Smith, now at a theater near you. Since the 1960s, football has been the most popular American sport, and the Super Bowl is the most highly rated television program of the year. And for all of football's violence, what post-war president has dared to question it? Dwight Eisenhower played at West Point and injured his knee tackling Jim Thorpe. Gerald Ford entertained offers from the Lions and the Packers before settling on Yale Law School. Ronald Reagan was a real-life guard for the Eureka College Golden Tornadoes and a make-believe halfback in Newt Rockney, All-American. Hunter S. Thompson considered Richard Nixon a weirdo and a crook, but he warmed to him when he discovered that the president was a goddamn stone fanatic on every facet of pro football. Yet, there is a streak of official reformism when it comes to football. It began with T.R. The Chicago Tribune called the season of 1905 a death harvest. The game, with its battering ram formations and minimal equipment, saw 19 deaths, 137 serious injuries, and countless broken bones. The administrators at Northwestern, Columbia, and Duke dumped the sport, Stanford switched to rugby, and Charles Elliott, the president of Harvard, declared that football was more brutalizing than prize-fighting, cock-fighting, or bullfighting. Roosevelt, fearing that Elliott would emasculate the game, if not ban it, summoned officials from Harvard, Yale, and Princeton to the White House, and implored them to find ways of ratcheting back the carnage or risk the end of football. The next year, college officials outlawed the most punishing formations, instituted the forward pass, and created a neutral zone between the defense and the offense. But as the players grew bigger and faster, as the incentives to take out an opposing player grew with the financial rewards, the TR-era reforms and subsequent tweaks to the rules and the equipment failed to keep up. In 1994, Paul Tagliabue, the league commissioner, dismissed widespread reports about debilitating head injuries as a pack journalism issue. His successor, Roger Goodell, faced with overwhelming evidence of the toll on players, acts with the stealthy instincts of a coal company executive charged with keeping terrible secrets.
The NFL's leverage against reform is not limited to its fantastically profitable deals with the networks and the advertisers. The game itself is undeniably alluring. At its best, football is a uniquely American spectacle. Fast, brutal, complex, colorful, and have we mentioned brutal? Trump's entire political talent is to tease out the most dubious instincts of his listeners, their rage at the threatening other, or, in this case, their bloodlust. And he makes a point. To watch Lawrence Taylor, the great Giants linebacker, swat away a pair of blockers, spin past a third, and then demolish the quarterback was thrilling. Just as it was thrilling to see Muhammad Ali exhaust, bewitch, and finally level George Foreman in Zaire. But the modern football fan in possession of a conscience and a reasonable knowledge of the horrific statistics about injuries suffered by players comes to resemble a nacho-scarfing version of St.